0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. As always, I am your host with the Holla French Toast, Freddie Carlson. And today, I am going it alone solo because Angelo had another prior commitment. We miss you, Angelo, and we are looking forward to having you be back here on the pod with us very, very soon. But today, with Survivor Series, the annual Thanksgiving weekend tradition of WWE approaching this Sunday. We are recording currently at 7.30 p.m. on Thursday. Thursday, November the 18th, we are just three nights away at the time of recording from the Big Four pay-per-view known as Survivor Series. Survivor Series has been an annual tradition the weekend prior to Thanksgiving since all the way back in 1987 when it debuted with Team Hogan versus Team Andre, and it has seen several different variations of its traditional Survivor Series five-on-five tag team elimination match over the years, and in recent years has seen one of the 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 more controversial topics being it's all about brand supremacy since two thousand and sixteen and the twenty sixteen brand split it has been about raw versus smackdown with the exception of twenty nineteen where nxt was also included with arguably making it which arguably made it the best of the last few years but we'll get into that in a moment. This Saturday, this Sunday night, I should say, with Survivor Series approaching, WWE has seemed to forget to build a lot of it and is still focused on more of the individualized stories on their respective shows, with both the WWE Champion Big E and Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, respectively dealing with their own feuds while subtly intertwining themselves as Roman is feuding with Big E's friends in The New Day over on SmackDown, while Big E has been invested in a feud between Kevin Owens and... And, along with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, uh, which seem to be the respective feuds coming out of Survivor Series. And this is one of my big gripes with it, and we've talked about it, I believe, in the past here on the pod, is that Survivor Series being all about brand supremacy, being all about Raw versus SmackDown in recent years, has proven to be controversial because of the fact that they seem to either forget entirely about other storylines, or they focus so much on them that they forget to build towards The Raw vs. SmackDown, and it's either one or the other. They can't seem to find a happy medium. Uh, This year being one of the two, but we're still sitting in a position where Survivor Series is approaching, and we have... A handful of big marquee matchups, so let's start by going over the matches, six of which have been announced for this Sunday, all Raw vs. SmackDown. First and foremost, in the champion versus champion matchups, we will see the United States champion of Monday Night Raw, Damian Priest, taking on the intercontinental champion from SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura, accompanied by Rick Boogs. We will also see the Raw Tag Team Champions, Randy Orton and Riddle, collectively known as RK Bro, taking on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions of the Bloodline, Jimmy and Jay, the Usos. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown will also have two 5-on-5 traditional Survivor Series tag team elimination matches. First on the women's side, Team Raw is captained by former SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair and joined by the number one contender to the Raw Women's Championship Liv Morgan, Carmella Queen Zelina, the winner of the first ever Women's, Queen, women's Queen's Crown Tournament, and one half of the Women's Tag Team Champions, Rhea Ripley. While they take on Team SmackDown, ca- captained by multiple time women's champion The Boss Sasha Banks, who main evented WrestleMania earlier this year against Raw's captain Bianca Belair, Banks will be joined by Shayna Baszler, Natalia, the recently heel turned Shotzi, and just announced today on social media by Sonya Deville. Joining them will not be Aaliyah, but instead Tony Storm will join the ranks of Team SmackDown for this match. Meanwhile, the men's five-on-five traditional Survivor Series tag team elimination match has Team Raw, which is captained by Seth Rollins, and joining him is Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley, and the shocking addition of Austin Theory replacing Rey Mysterio this past Monday night on Raw in a rather controversial but interesting decision, it's... Uh, interesting to see what's going to happen. His theory is going to be a small fish in the very big pond, as I like to put it. Some of these names that he's both teaming with and facing against are all former world champions. Balor, Rollins, Owens, Lashley. All four of his teammates have been world champion, including Lashley just a few months ago. And if you look across the ring at Team SmackDown, two of the four announced members of their team have been world champions. captained by Drew McIntyre, as well as Jeff Hardy. Joining them, the, re- the winner of the King of the Ring tournament this year, King Woods. And Happy Corbin with a special spot. Still left to be determined after Sami Zayn was removed last week, rumors swirling that it could be someone like Von Wagner from NXT, as well as I my hopes at least Cesaro or Sheamus. So we will see who is added on. Most likely tomorrow night when SmackDown airs live on Fox. The other two matches on the show first pit the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch against the SmackDown Women's Champion The Queen Charlotte Flair in what is sure to be an interesting match considering the recent controversy that took place during the title exchange on SmackDown several weeks ago, as well as the uh, rumored heel heat and real backstage heat that they have with each other, so... That should be an interesting encounter. And in the main event, as I mentioned, alluded to earlier, the WWE Champion from Monday Night Raw, Big E, will go one-on-one with the Universal Champion Roman Reigns from SmackDown in the main event of Survivor Series. And with rumors swirling that the potential for a return of the great one, the People's Champion, the Brahma Bull, and the most electrifying man in all of entertainment, The Rock, swirling like crazy as the WWE celebrates his 25th anniversary, And have teased it on television, it seems, that he might even return. The question is, will he? And if so, when will he? And if he does at the end, what will happen? We'll get to all of that in a moment. I just kind of want to go back in time. Talk about Survivor Series history. So as I mentioned, Survivor Series started way back in 1987. It is an event that has lasted a very, very long time. With the very first show being headlined by Team Andre versus Team Hogan. Team Andre was captained by Andre the Giant, and joining him was Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, Rick Rude, and the one-man gang to take on Team Hogan. Hulk Hogan, Don Morocco, Bam Bam Bigelow, Paul Orndorff, and Ken Patera, a match that took place all the way back on November the 26th, 1987, which was actually Thanksgiving night. Uh, Later on, it would become a Thanksgiving weekend prior, the weekend prior to Thanksgiving tradition. And has seen several high profile matches over the years. Flashback to 2001, the culmination of the Alliance versus the WWE uh, slash uh, WWF at the time storyline concluded in the Survivor Series that year, which had Raw versus Raw and SmackDown and WWE overall working together against the Alliance, WCW and ECW. That night saw a match. For the European Championship, whereas Christian from the Alliance defeated Al Snow from the WWF. William Regal of the Alliance defeated Tajiri. Edge defeated Test to win the Unify the WCW United States and WWE Intercontinental titles. The Dudley Boys defeated the Hardy Boys in a tag team steel cage unification match for the WCW and WWE tag team titles. Trish Stratus defeated Jacqueline, Ivory, Lita, and Jazz and Mighty Molly Holly in a six-pack challenge for the WWE women's title. Test won an, uh, an immunity battle royal, which prevented him from getting fired if he were to have lost. And Team WWF, The Rock, Chris Jericho, Big Show, Undertaker, and Kane defeated Team Alliance, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, and Shane McMahon in the match that was for control of it all. The winning team's company stayed alive, and the losing team's company went out of business. Team WWF obviously coming out on top as Team Alliance fell. And we all know how rough the uh, invasion storyline was, but... Overall, this match arguably one of the greatest Survivor Series tag team elimination matches of all time and one instant classic. Another year that was very important was Survivor Series 2014, which was all surrounding the main event. It was going to be Team Raw versus, sorry, Team Cena versus Team Authority, with the winning team basically saying if Cena's team won, the Authority would be out of power. But if. Team Cena lost. John Cena would be would remain hired, but his entire team would have been fired, meaning that his four teammates—the Big Show, Eric Rowan, Ryback, and Dolph Ziggler—would have all been fired. That match, again, arguably one of the greatest Survivor Series tag team elimination matches of all time. Team Cena ended up coming over, overcoming the odds and defeating Team Authority, which was comprised of Seth Rollins, Kane, Luke Harper, Mark Henry, and Rusev. Um, but it was also surrounding the fact that. Uh, Sting made his WWE debut and attacked both uh, Seth Rollins and Triple H in a route to Dolph Ziggler being the sole Survivor and winning it for Team Cena. So just among some of those matches were some of my favorites, uh, at least when it came to the Survivor Series Tag Team Elimination matches, uh, with other years being notable as well. But in 2016... WWE turned Survivor Series into a brand supremacy battle, which had been done once or twice in the past, but never at an extensive rate. Uh, and this time for the reason that it was going to be Raw versus SmackDown in, re- uh, in response to the recent brand split. The brand split that took place in July of 2016 separated the Raw and SmackDown rosters for the first time in several years and really brought back the whole mindset of it's our show versus your show like it used to be during the Ruthless Aggression era, fresh out of the Attitude Era starting back in 2002 and this show was was rather interesting because there was a handful of interesting matchups that pitted raw versus smackdown and it kind of all surrounded the main event and in fact the main event was more uh the the, the there was three brand supremacy matches first was the women team raw with Sasha Banks it was Sasha Banks Alicia Fox Nia Jax Bayley and Charlotte taking on team smackdown Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Natalia, and Carmelo with Team Raw picking up the win. Then there was the 10-on-10 10 10 Survivor Series tag team elimination match. It was five different tag teams on either side. And I just want to point out something that's kind of sad. They had to literally handpick a team from out of nowhere to simply be the fifth and final team um, because of the fact that they didn't have enough tag teams for this match. It was Team Raw: Cesaro, The Bar, Cesaro and Sheamus, Enzo and Cass, the the Good Brothers, The New Day, and The Shining Stars. Primo and Epico being the team I was just referring to, defeating Team SmackDown: Chad Gable and American Al- uh, uh, and Jason Jordan of American Alpha, Breezango, Slater and Rhino, The Hype Bros, and the Usos. Boy, what a time! And then we get to the main event. It was the, in my opinion, the greatest. Um, Survivor Series tag team elimination match of all time and this is just personal opinion obviously it's subject to everyone's mindset but Team Smackdown defeated Team Raw in a 53 minute classic Team Smackdown was comprised of Randy Orton Shane McMahon Bray Wyatt AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose defeating Team Raw Braun Strowman Chris Jericho Universal Champion Kevin Owens Seth Rollins and the United States Champion Roman Reigns with the end end of the match featuring the Wyatt Family going ham on um, the uh, Team Raw and coming away with the win. Uh, that match had so many good points to it. The ma- the action in the ring was crisp and the and the caliber of the superstars that you had. I mean, Braun Strowman was a bit green still at the time, but he was able to be masked by the talent of who was in there. You had the callback to his issues with James Ellsworth and him literally murdering Ellsworth off the stage at one point during the match. The tension between Styles and Ambrose being too much to have them work together. And so the continuity of the storyline, which, as I said before, when I opened the video, it seems to be one of the things WWE lacks the ability to do when they've done these Raw vs. SmackDown shows in recent years. They either neglect personal storylines or individual brand storylines for the greater good of uh, uh, brand invasion, Raw invading SmackDown, SmackDown invading Raw, Under Siege, all that, which was a good segment, but it got redundant after a while. Uh, Or they do the opposite, like they are doing this year, and they seem to forget about Raw versus SmackDown and focus more on the individuality of the storylines on their shows, which is important, but you are trying to do brand supremacy, so you need to find a middle ground, and I feel like there's been times when WWE fails to do that. Uh, Moving forward, uh, that match was one of my favorites because uh, WWE just always seemed to drop the ball in these big moments with this much talent in one ring trying to protect everybody but they didn't really do that in this match everybody looked strong everybody even if they took a pin didn't go down looking weak everybody's eliminations were meaningful they were suspenseful and the Shield reunion that was teased after so much time apart where now they're earlier in the year they were feuding with each other and now they're working together for the common enemy of AJ Styles in that moment so I think that there was a lot of good that came of that and I feel like that was what Survivor Series as Raw versus SmackDown should have been. The best of one show versus the best of the other. In 2017, they switched it up a little bit and they really went into the concept of the champion versus champion match. Which, on paper, I actually kind of like. Because, you know, Raw has champions and SmackDown has champions. And you're realistically trying to say, okay, you want the best of your show to face the best of another show. And that's what champions are. And then you have your men's and women's matches to pit your five best your five best non-champion men against your five best non-champion uh, men from the other show, and same with the women. So, uh, interesting enough. But anyway, into 2017, and the other dynamic was that they also had a brand supremacy match that was not simply about champions nor about you being the best. It was two factions, one from Raw and one from SmackDown, just going to war with each other. The Shield and the New Day. And that was a 20-minute-plus Battle, And I tell you, it was the only time those two teams faced off in six-man tag team action. I'm glad that it took place on a pay-per-view, and I'm glad that they had the chance to do it because those two teams put on a fantastic match to open the main card and really set the standard. Unfortunately, the rest of the show had trouble living up to that because the women's 5-on-5 Survivor Series tag team elimination match wasn't as good as the previous year's. Uh, team Rawls, Alicia Fox, Sasha Banks, Bayley, Asuka, and Nia Jax defeated Team SmackDown, Becky Lynch, Naomi, Natalia, Carmella, and Tamina, which was almost identical to the team they had a year prior. Uh, and then we had the United States champion Baron Corbin defeating the Intercontinental champion The Miz, and that match was bound for failure because it just was never going to click two heels who are too individualized with their moveset to really gel with someone so similar to them in that respect. Picked up a little bit as the Usos, the SmackDown tag team champions, defeated the Bar, the Raw tag team champions. Those teams always had fantastic c- chemistry together, and that was this was no secret. Er, no um, straying from that. SmackDown women's champion Charlotte Flair defeated uh, Raw women's champion Alexa Bliss. Again, a match that should have been better than it really was. It just kind of dragged a little bit. Then we went back to a high point, a fantastic 15-minute David versus Goliath battle as WWE Champion AJ Styles fought valiantly but fell to the Universal Champion Brock Lesnar in what was originally supposed to be a match between Lesnar and Jinder Mahal, and I still hold to this day, thank you Lord, for changing that out. Styles and Lesnar put on a clinic, whereas Mahal and Lesnar would have stunk out the joint. And then we get to the main event, which was just... Why they went this way I'll never understand. Um Team Raw picked up the win over Team SmackDown. Raw was captained by Kurt Angle, Raj DM at the time, with his job on the line. Join was joining him with Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, and Triple H, even though it was originally supposed to be his K-Fabe son, Jason Jordan, defeating Team SmackDown, Shane McMahon, Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Roode, and John Cena. First of all, Cena had not been on TV the entire build to this match. He showed up just for it and was eliminated promptly and was no longer in the match. Uh, Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura, who were both hot up-and-comers at the time, were really made to look weak. Uh, And Shane McMahon being the final man left for Team SmackDown really showed how much they cared about the young guys, as even Randy Orton couldn't be the final man left. It had to be Shane McMahon. So, as I said, that match kind of seemed a bit... um, lackluster and 2018 followed a similar guys that had a lot of uh, premise on a lot of hope on paper but it kind of just uh, didn't do so well overall there was the big 10-man tag in 2018 on the pre-show um, where team Smackdown defeated team Raw you get to the main card and team Raw's women's team Mickey James Nia Jax Tamina Bailey and Sasha Banks defeated team Smackdown Naomi Carmella Sonya Deville Asuka and Mandy Rose picked back up as shinsuke nakamura and seth rollins put on a hell of a match and let's be honest nakamura and rollins are two of the best wrestlers in the world and it is no secret that they are very very good with uh people who are similar to them and they are both very uh athletic very uh limber with the moves that they can perform and they had a fantastic match where rollins defeated nakamura after 20 minutes then again, we kind of saw a little bit of a dip down as the AOP defeated The Bar in a Champions versus Champions match. Again, a little bit of a rough one. Team Raw defeated Team SmackDown in a 5-on-5 tag team elimination match, which was just doomed from the start because the level of talent was not where it should have been. Team Raw was Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley. Against The Miz, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. The booking here, again, just so uninspiring and I couldn't have been caring less. But again, the main event and a Brock Lesnar match, no less, really picked up the pace, picked up the steam and made you feel like, wow, this is actually going to be meaningful as Brock Lesnar defeated Daniel Bryan, who was originally supposed to be a rematch between Lesnar and Styles before Bryan won the title just a couple of nights prior on SmackDown. Lesnar defeated Bryan in another he- hell of a main event, a 20-minute back and forth, another David versus Goliath match. That was different than the match we saw between Lesnar and Styles the year prior. Once again, had its high points, but had so much more potential on paper. Again, Charlotte Flair faced Rousey in a, non-title, uh, no, in a non-title match because Becky Lynch, who was SmackDown Women's Champion at the time, was injured and could not compete. This was all seeds being planted for the inevitable first-ever Women's WrestleMania main event triple threat that took place several months later between, Bella, between Lynch, Flair, and Rousey at WrestleMania 35, where it was winner-take-all. Uh, all stemming from the events of the Survivor Series. In 2019, it really returned to form, and I think there was a lot of good things that could have come out of 2019, and it did, for all things, all intents and purposes. With Team SmackDown really looking like chumps to Team Raw over the previous couple of years, adding in NXT added a unique element to it, but what it didn't seem to do was inspire us to believe that anyone would believe that Raw would lose to SmackDown, let alone to a quote-unquote third brand like NXT. But NXT came in hot and on fire, and the entire built the Survivor Series. They were made to look super strong, and there was just a lot of invasions on Raw, on NXT, on SmackDown. the The final week of regular TV saw all three broadcasts on their respective channels and nights, and in mass brawls between members of all three shows. So it goes to show you that they were just really trying to get in on the chaos of it all. And looking at the, uh, the the layout of the event, it was mostly positive. You know, it started off with a ten team inter uh, a ten brand inter a ten team interbrand tag team battle royal, where uh, the Dirty Dogs, as they are known now, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, who was just starting to team together at the time, won, uh, last eliminating the Street Profits, who were from Raw, SmackDown picking up their first one. Another interbrand triple threat match saw Leo Rush defend the NXT Cruiserweight title against Kalisto from SmackDown and Akira Tezawa from Raw, where he retained the title and picked up a win for NXT. So it was 1-1-0, Raw was in the trailing. But Raw picked up a win to close out the pre-show as the Viking Raiders, as the Raw Tag Team Champions defeated the New Day and the Undisputed Era to complete uh, a 1-1-1 tie at the end of the pre-show. Moving to the main card and the women's 5-on-5-on-5, five five 15-woman five, tag team elimination match, which seems like a lot on paper, ended up being very fun, and NXT kind of doing... The underhanded thing, which you wouldn't expect them to do as the underdogs, but they used their strategy of faking some injuries to really work out in their favor. As Team NXT, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, and Io Shirai defeated Team Raw, which was Natalia, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Sarah Logan, and Charlotte Flair, as well as Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Carmella, Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, and Nikki Cross. Another interesting match uh, that had a, a direction and a unique finish, and NXT took a lead. Moving right along, in a match that I was probably most excited for going into the night: a triple threat match featuring the mid-card champions and NXT's Roderick Strong, the NXT North American Champion, Raw's United States Champion AJ Styles, and SmackDown's Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura. Again, a, fan, uh, a fun, athletic match similar to Styles and Nakamura. Sorry, Rollins and Nakamura the year prior, uh, where shockingly Roderick Strong of NXT picked up the win over Style- Styles and Nakamura excuse me, in a very unique turn of events that I was very much a fan of, and NXT was now up 3-1-1. SmackDown did, the, the brand of supremacy kind of took a break as we saw an NXT championship match, Adam Cole and Pete Dunne from NXT uh, coming in and having a main roster pay-per-view match for the NXT championship, and 15 minutes of just absolute chaos I tell you I loved this match Adam Cole was on fire this was his fifth match in seven days he competed on Raw NXT Smackdown in war games literally 24 hours prior and then in his NXT championship defense he also competed in a ladder match against Dominic Dijakovic on Wednesday so look at that week five matches in seven days including a ladder match and freaking war games where he took an air raid crash from the top of a cage down 15 feet through a table in the ring ...to take the pin and the loss. Absolute med- ...bedlam. Adam Cole... ...hats off to you. That was the, probably the week of your career right there. Smackdown would get back on the board... ...and then The Fiend would defeat Bray... W- uh, ...Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. This kind of was trying to set up something further down the line... ...and it was rather uninspired in my opinion... But moving along back to the brand supremacy battle, Team SmackDown, Team Raw, and Team NXT's men's five-man squads put on an even better match than the women did in terms of how well it made NXT look. And even though NXT didn't win this particular one, and SmackDown did, with Roman Reigns being the sole survivor... Keith Lee and NXT overall seem to look like genuine stars and as we mentioned in the last video Keith Lee was recently released from his WWE contract and I still can't believe it here we are almost two weeks later and I am in disbelief and shock because this man is a future champion and he should still be employed but be that as it may Team SmackDown Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, Shorty G and Mustafa Ali defeated Team Raw Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Ricochet and Kevin Owens as well as Team NXT Damian Priest, Matt Riddle. Walter, Keith Lee, and Tommaso Ciampa. It was a fun match. Everyone was made to look good, look strong. No one really looked bad. Uh, maybe maybe Walter. He took a pin within you know first five minutes of the match, but nonetheless, um, it was a good match. And as I said, Keith Lee being left alone with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, pinning Rollins clean and coming within a millisecond of pinning Roman Reigns. Absolute unbelievably absolutely unbelievable and it made me so happy and I had such high hopes at the time for Lee. Unfortunately, we see where it's gone as of now. Then we had a WWE title match again, just a nothing match as Rey Mysterio was mauled by Bron by Brock Lesnar. We get to the main event. A match that I thought had so much potential and it unfortunately felt very flat. Uh Shayna Baszler, Bailey, and Becky Lynch in the main event of Survivor Series and the women's triple threat, Shayna Baszler coming out on top and effectively getting NXT a 4-2-1 to two to one victory, and Raw shockingly came in last place. And now while I still hold true that I think Survivor Series 2016 had the best match of all of these brand supremacy battles, this show overall has been the best one in this recent five years where this has been the primary source of... NXT, uh, Raw vs. SmackDown the injection of NXT was so amazing and I was so excited uh, and I was really let down when in 2020 they chose to not include NXT and they went back to the traditional Raw vs. SmackDown and now I know this had somewhat to do with the Thunderdome and this event was more centered around the retirement of The Undertaker in his 20- 30th anniversary but be that as it may, NXT's lack of involvement was really a hard hit for me and I was really upset by it so let's take a look at 2020 and see where we had, where we went. There was an 18-man dual brand battle royal, which was won by the Miz. The show opened with the men's five-on-five tag team elimination match, as Team Raw's AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Riddle went 5-0 on Team SmackDown. Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. I mean, SmackDown was made to look like a baby that night, and they were that was the sacrificial slam, la, la, the sacrificial lamb to be slaughtered, if you will. SmackDown did get a little bit of it back though as the Street Profits defeated the New Day in a very short match that should have been much longer than it was. I mean these two teams are the two best teams of their of the year in 2020, um, 2020 and honestly the fact that they didn't get more time is kind of sad. Seven minutes is nothing. Uh, The United States Champion from Raw, Bobby Lashley, went right through uh, Sami Zayn uh, from SmackDown in an Intercontinental Champion versus United States Champion match. I mean, this was meant to be more of Bobby Lashley looking strong with the Hurt Business in his corner, and that's exactly what he did. He looked very strong, and I'm very glad that they did. But again, uninspired booking beyond that. Sasha Banks and Asuka once again fought and I mean in any other year it would have been a great match and it was a good match but they had already feuded for a majority of the summer and in fact had faced off at the last big four pay-per-view SummerSlam over the Raw Women's Championship as well as several other encounters over the title on TV so it was a bit uh, much to see Asuka and Sasha going at it again but nonetheless it was a good match because Sasha and Asuka can't, you know, can really seem to not have a bad match with each other. It just becomes repetitive. Then there was the women's five-on-five elimination match, which was now seeing it was 2-2. It was a chance for one of these two shows to take a lead, and it did as Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce of Team Raw defeated Team SmackDown. Ruby Riot, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Bayley, and Natalya, and this was a really interesting thing because Lana was the sole survivor by not even being legal in the match. She was standing on the stairs. Nia Jackson, and Bianca Belair were the other two women left. They got a double count out. Lana was the sole survivor. And dear lord, why they went this way I will never know because there was never a payoff to this either. It was literally just a running gag that Lana got put through an announce table nine weeks in a row and then she gets released several months later after working so hard to get better in the ring and trying to even just get a tag team title opportunity alongside Naomi. So, again, uninspired booking, and just when you think they have something, they just let it go, and they let it die, and that's what WWE does best. But we get to the main event, and again, it picks back up as SmackDown evened it out 3-3 to close out the show as the Universal Champion Roman Reigns defeated Drew McIntyre and what was literally a hoss fight uh, in a WWE Champion versus Universal Champion main event. The show ended in a 3-3 deadlock, but SmackDown really had to try and pick up its heat, and if it wasn't for Roman Reigns... In the main event, they really would have looked like chumps compared to Raw because of how the opening contest went with uh, Team SmackDown getting blanked 5-0 and the men survive on 5 elimination match. So what am I getting at with all this talking about the last few years of Survivor Series? And that is that here we are in 2021, and once again, as I read through the card to open the show today. That we have a new slate of matches, champions versus champions, the five best women from Raw against the five best women from SmackDown, and the five best men from Raw against the five best men from SmackDown. And we're approaching that show in just three days' time at the time of recording, and now I am going to give my predictions on this show. Um, I've talked about the booking leading into the previous five-year shows, as well as how the outcome of it came, and based off of the past, I kind of can see where this is going to go. I unfortunately think this show will trend mostly in the negative just because of the fact that the booking is rather uninspired. There's a lot of potential for the matchups on paper, but I'm just weary of how it's going to go. So let's start with the United States champion Damian Priest versus the Intercontinental champion Shinsuke Nakamura. This is one of those matches that can go either way, and I really am holding out for the upside of what this match can present. Because this is the first time these two men have ever gone one-on-one in the WWE, and if if I'm not mistaken, the first time they've ever faced off in their respective careers. Um, And it's going to be a unique battle, because they're two tall guys who are not necessarily known for their height. They're more known for their ability to use their long legs to their advantage. Damian Priest not afraid to take to the skies. Shinsuke Nakamura and his vicious kicks You know, these two are very talented. They're very over with the crowd, especially Nakamura getting his real theme song back earlier this year, even though it took a little while for us to get to a really high point. Um, And I think that there are big things for both of these men going forward. I've said this about Nakamura before, but I do think he's a future world champion. And I think a feud with Roman Reigns down the line, who will hopefully still be universal champion for a long time to come, would be very good. And even if he doesn't take the title from Roman, it would elevate him to a new level. And if he does take the title from Roman, I'm perfectly fine with that as well. Whereas Damian Priest, again, another guy I think is a future world champion and has got a lot more of an upside with um, the booking on his side. He's just getting into the company. He still has some time. Nakamura has been, not ruined, but he has been knocked down several pegs over the years because of the way he has been booked. And I'm just always weary of how they're going to go about it in the future. But I think this match will probably be a good way to to, um, really get these guys some good pay-per-view exposure, which their titles don't always get. Especially Nakamura for some reason. Um... But overall, I do think that this match will be very well put together, very good. Uh, My prediction is that Damian Priest will pick up the win and go up 1-0 for Raw on SmackDown to open the show. Uh, I think they will open the show for sure, and that will be the way that they go. Next, we're going to go to the Women's 5-on-5 Traditional Survivor Series Tag Team Elimination Match. Team Raw, which is Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Queen Zelina, Carmella, and... <clears throat> Excuse me, and I apologize. And Rhea Ripley taking on Team SmackDown: Sasha Banks, ba- uh, yeah, Sasha Banks, Shotzi, and Natalya, Shayna Baszler, and Tony Storm. Tony Storm having just been added to the match today gives me a little bit more hope for this, but it just seems that these five-on-five matches go one way or the other. Either they're gonna be Quick eliminations, one after the other, where the brands are going to exchange it, or one team is going to dominate and it's going to either be a blanking or a close to it. I don't think it's going to be a a shutout. I think these two teams are very evenly dispersed. Um, The newer talent being included in the match is a very, very good thing in my eyes. And I think that uh, seeing people like Tony Storm, Liv Morgan, Shotzi, um being in this match in addition to some of the more established names like natalia sasha banks and even bianca belair to an extent and Rhea ripley uh you know it's it's not just the same old same old that we've had for several years where you kind of look at the teams of the women's five on fives and it's a lot of the same it's a lot of the consistent and i like this new injection of talent which i think is good for not only this match but for the brands themselves Liv Morgan is currently the number one contender to the Raw Women's Championship after Survivor Series and she will have a showdown with Becky Lynch looming. Tony Storm interrupted Charlotte Flair last week on SmackDown expressing that she wants to be SmackDown Women's Champion. So these are two fresh feuds for Sasha and Charlotte coming out of the show and I hope that it provides good things and good signs for the uh, end of this year and heading into 2022 as we approach Royal Rumble season where we need to start making predictions of who we think is going to win the Rumble and go on to challenge for the championship at WrestleMania. Uh, But in terms of this match, I do think it's going to be rather clunky overall. Uh, No fault to the women involved. I just don't see WWE giving this match the attention that it deserves, and I feel like it'll serve more to either help these younger talents get over a little more, get them some exposure on pay-per-view, and uh, really um, just keep the, the train going of Raw versus SmackDown. So I do see... Team SmackDown picking up the win here with the, with the sole survivors being uh, Tony Storm and uh, Sasha Banks. I think that Shotzi will get into a bit of an argument with Sasha, but her inexperience, quote unquote, will get her eliminated because of that. And I feel like Team Raw is just too divided. Carmella and Zelina are really not getting along with... Rhea Ripley right now, that may cost one of them a match. Um, I do think that Liv Morgan will be the final woman left for her squad, uh, really to make her look strong before she goes on to face Becky Lynch down the line. Uh, I think dodrop might get involved to help eliminate Bianca Belair and be a lot of outside hokey-pokey stuff, and I'm just not a big fan of that kind of stuff when it comes to these matches. Moving right along, we'll go on to the next one, the uh, tag team champions squaring off as RK Bro faces The Usos. This is another interesting one because the Usos seem to be in this position almost every year. They've been tag team champions how many times going into Survivor Series? I believe at least two or three of the five previous ones that we've had. They have been involved in some capacity in the brand versus brand matchups. uh, Minus last year where Jimmy was hurt and Jay was on the men's five-man team. And I think Randy Orton not being in the men's five-on-five but instead being... In the um, tag team championship match is also a unique thing. And, and the, 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 the dynamic between Orton and Riddle has been fantastic on Raw. One of the few things about Raw that I've really enjoyed for the last few months. So I think that this is overall going to be very good for not only the two teams involved, but it's going to also serve to give a, a fresh match to the fans. That's just not the Usos facing the uh, New Day for the thousandth time, or RK Bro facing Styles and Omas again. You know, it's, it's new, it's fresh, it's different. Um, I do see the Usos picking up the win. Maybe something with Riddle still being a bit quote-unquote inexperienced and Randy Orton having to give him a lesson afterwards. SmackDown up 2-1 in my predictions so far. Next up, the men's 5-on-5 traditional Survivor Series tag team elimination match. This one's a bit harder to book because we don't know the fifth man from SmackDown. But overall, I see this going all one way. Team Raw... Will more likely than not dominate, um, no pun intended on Bobby Lashley's old finishing maneuver. Um, but I think that Team Raw will kind of steamroll right through SmackDown. Maybe not a clean sweep. Maybe we'll see someone like, I don't know, Austin Theory or Finn Balor get eliminated, if not both. But I think between Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and, sorry, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, who have been very high uh, ranking right now. And, um, like, in terms of high ranking, in terms of they've been involved in the main event of Raw the last few weeks and um, involved in the WWE Championship picture, I think that's going to help them out a lot. Uh, In terms of being sole survivor, I think that um, Bobby Lashley is going to be made to look like an absolute monster. Drew McIntyre will last a little while, and I feel like he'll be the final man left for Team SmackDown. But in the end, um, Raw is going to win, and it will be... Two to two. Moving right along to team, to Sasha Banks. Sorry, Sasha Banks. Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch in the Women's Championship, Champions Showdown. Um, And I think that this one has all the people um, talking simply because of the fact of what's happened. Uh, in recent weeks when they did the title exchange on SmackDown a few weeks ago where Charlotte threw the title at the ground and then Becky got mad and then there was the backstage altercation. And there's been all of these rumors of, of actual heat between the two and their friendship that was personal before outside of the company no longer being there. Um, I don't want to get into any of that because we don't know the truth, but I think that these two have always had great chemistry together. And it's just My thing is it's just yet another example of the past not being left in the past and giving new women an opportunity. Um, Charlotte being the, the, the big one. I know she's a draw. and I know she's been very over with the crowd in terms of as a heel or a face over the years. But right now, there's just so many other women on SmackDown who really deserve that title more. And I still hold true that I think Tony Storm should take that title off of her heading into um, the Royal Rumble. Or should I say day one the new WWE pay-per-view that will take place on New Year's Day this year. Um, but yes, so... Uh, Sasha Banks I keep saying Sasha Banks I apologize everybody Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch again I don't really see them having a bad match so long as they can be professional and put aside any potential outside beef and drama Uh, where I see Becky Lynch going over Charlotte Uh, more likely than not with the DQ I highly doubt there'll be a decisive finish but the overall win gets handed to Team Raw and so it would be three to two in favor of Raw and then, as it was last year in the main event, Roman Reigns versus Big E, now WWE Champion versus Universal Champion, where it's up to Roman Reigns to even the odds and finish the show 3-3 three three with Raw. I don't see Roman losing this match, but I do see this being probably the match of the night, simply because of the caliber of both men involved. Let it be a hoss fight. Let them go out there and, for lack of a better phrase, kill each other and do what they do best and let Roman go over in the end and Roman will win be uh, celebrating the match and I really hope that The Rock comes out and confronts Roman Reigns and sets up a possible Wrestlemania showdown for those two heading into Dallas in uh, April of 2022 uh, a fun thing to speak about this Sunday show is that I will actually be live and in attendance at Survivor Series because it takes place at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn and not only will I be there but five other individuals who you have heard on this podcast before will be joining me Angelo, my lovely co-host who has unfortunately missed the last couple of episodes, will be there with us on Sunday, as well as both Austins that have been on, the one that was on last time, Austin L. and Austin W., who is uh, Mr. 341 Wrestling himself, he will be there. Adam and Rafan, all six of us, the club, will be uniting in Brooklyn for Survivor Series 2021. Overall, I think that this show has a lot of potential in certain areas and a lot of places to be worried in others. Um, I have hopes, and I don't want to be disappointed for going in person to seeing this show. I've been lucky enough to be to a lot of shows over the years. I've been to WrestleMania, SummerSlams, multiple SummerSlams, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, countless house shows, NXT Takeover specials, um, even an AEW Dynamite recently. But I've never been a Survivor Series, and it's going to be unique. And if The Rock does come out, then I am going to be very, very excited, and we're very, be, we'll be very excited to report back how it goes when we return to the fans talk pro wrestling podcast very soon but with that being said i am going to wrap things up here and let you all go and enjoy your weekend if we don't happen to get to another episode before thanksgiving we would like to welcome wish all of our lovely listeners a happy thanksgiving with your family and your friends stay safe be cautious in your travels and we will be happy to have you all back here again very soon When we return to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast, I have been your host with the Holla French Toast, Freddie Carlson. And as always, it is my pleasure to say, to always remember to never be afraid to be a fan. Thank you all and have a wonderful night. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you and happy Thanksgiving, everyone.